We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Our American values, as you know, are under attack. Uh, Our financial system is a wreck. You see that uh, Bitcoin hit 63,000. Oh, yes, I did. Yesterday. Yes, I did. Um, I want to talk to you about Lear Capital. Um, Lear can help you protect your... Uh, your dollars. You need to get them out of dollars, quite honestly. Some of your 401k or or I want you to make the decision. You just you call them up and get their um, their free wealth protection guide. You can get that by calling 800-957-GOLD. That's 800-957-GOLD. It's Lear Capital. Um, I, I bought my first uh, bout of gold when Rush Limbaugh was telling me about Lear Capital. Uh, And I'd say my investment uh, has done very well uh, since then. Um, But uh, I got it from Lear Capital. You can trust these people. They'll listen to you and work with you. 800-957-GOLD. Just call them and get your free wealth protection guide. Please protect yourself now. program i'm i'm glad you're here uh yesterday i was out uh lost my voice yesterday but i i want to i gotta i gotta just at least mention the kellogg ceo saying that uh you know people are having a hard time making ends meet and and americans could save money just by eating cereal for dinner well yes we could i i appreciate that tip that's always been a possibility for me, and I know you're trying to sell cereal, but it's a little offensive uh, to suggest that, you know, hey, we're under pressure and, uh, you know, eat cereal. People keep beating up the CEO on this, though, but it's not his fault that everything sucks. Yeah, no, he's got it cereal. Is. It's delicious. No, but it's a eat little, it if you want. It's a little like, and this is the way uh, she meant it, Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake. She... No, no, no. She she in did the not mean it the way. Yeah, yeah, not in the way everybody interprets it. Yeah. But she meant because she was in in a world where she didn't have any problems, and there was always cake around. So there's no bread. We'll let them eat cake. You can't afford meat. Well, let them eat cereal. I 
Oh, that's he's not. He's just saying, "Hey, exactly please consume my my crunchy sugar yeah. cookie <laughs> yeah. things that yeah, you're right. supposed to eat for breakfast for right. some reason." And you can also, hey, you can also uh, just pour vodka in your gas tank too. So get to work on. But this shouldn't we be blaming the administration and not the Kellogg's guy? From the alcoholic, uh, the alcoholic uh, of America. Yes. Thank you. Because they're really kind of the same thing. I can't, I'm with the alcoholic. And I got to try to get the inflation. All right, let me tell you about Patriot Bubble. Someday, when they ask me what we did to stem the tide, what did we do to slow the spread of leftist values that either destroyed or nearly destroyed our country, I want to be able to say I was proactive, I was in the fight. Uh, now, if I'm in a court of law because we 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 lost, I'm saying I was, I was fine. I it was stew. <laughs> but it, one of the easiest things you could do is switch your mobile phone service to Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile's mission is to passionately defend our God-given constitutional rights and freedom to glorify God always. This is the kind of business I can get behind. This is the kind of business that I want to do business with. Now, they have great mobile phone plans. They're going to save you money. They're on all of the three major network towers. So you're going to get the same exact coverage, and you're not going to send your hard-earned money to aid the destruction of America. Get the same nationwide service while supporting a company that loves our country. It's an affordable plan for your budget, excellent coverage, top-notch U.S.-based customer service. What do you have to lose? You have a lot to gain. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Oh, hello, Stu. How are you? Uh, I was good until you brought up the Kellogg story. Yeah, well, I... I had forgotten how much that annoyed me. I don't know what it is. It's like it's like the guy's out there. He's doing an interview on, what is it, CNBC? He's telling people, I don't know, eat cereal for dinner. I don't know. Like, he's trying to sell know. cereal. You know, what, yeah, it bothers yeah. me that he that it would make sense for him to make that statement. Like, I'm worried about the state of the country that would lead someone to think that eating cereal for dinner to save money makes sense. But yes. the fact that the Kellogg's guy is suggesting it, he's literally from Kellogg's. Well, it might be then you could also look at it then as... You know, stop being so shameless in promoting, you know, your your breakfast cereal with a national. <laughs> I freaking love cereal and I like it for dinner. Okay. It's right. delicious. Okay, shut up. Um, <laughs> now, there's. Well, by the way, welcome back. I'm so glad your voice Thank is feeling you. better. Well, I'm really glad to be back in the same room with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got to tell you, Stu and I, we've known each other 30 years. It's like a, uh, I mean, too long for sure, but I think 20, 20, uh, mid-20s. We're think. like an old married couple now. But, <laughs> and, and the old married couple that argues for fun uh, yeah. and, uh, and just has no intention of ever breaking up, although mm. I have spoken to my attorneys anyway. Hey, come see me in the office on Friday. Um, all right. At least I can always have cereal for dinner. <laughs> That's right. In case things hey, turn the wrong way. You can have cereal. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's a couple of things. Let me start with some good news. A judge, well, let me just read this. No individuals associated with the left who engaged in far-right speech 
and violently suppressed the protected speech of Trump supporters were charged with a federal crime for their part in starting riots at a political event. This is textbook viewpoint discrimination. Are you ready? That was said by a judge in California. He threw the charges out uh, from two far-right political agitators saying, this is selective prosecution. Now, these two guys, I don't know if they're necessarily, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't consider Nazis far-right, um, but uh, maybe you do. Um, but they're white nationalist group. I shouldn't say Nazis. They're a far-right uh, white nationalist group. So they are people I really don't like. Kind of like the people in Antifa. I don't like them either. Um, so <clears throat> what, the, what the charge was is these guys were holding a rally and the Antifa guys came with, you know, all the things that they do, intimidated and beat some of the people in this. Police came, only arrested the far right people, not anybody in Antifa. And a judge said, nope, sorry, can't do it. Not going to do it. If you didn't arrest the other side, you're not, you're, you can't arrest these guys. I think that is a step in the right direction. That's what I've always been saying. Well, look, wait a minute. January 6th, why did you arrest all of those people when you had people stealing, breaking windows, burning cities, and none of those people were arrested? Yeah, I think my preference would be everyone on both sides gets arrested for burning is, things down. No, that's not my preference. <laughs> that's the way America is supposed to work. Yeah, but my secondary choice mm. would be nobody does. I mean, yes. it should at least be fair. Correct. Uh, Correct. However, I would like all of the people that burn things to the ground or start yeah. riots or beat the heck out of police officers. They should all go to prison. I'm fine with that. Um, let me uh, let me give you this now. Bump stocks, Supreme Court. The justice has heard the case... Uh, to legal to repeal an executive order from uh, Donald Trump, or was it an executive order, or was it just redefining guidelines? Yeah, it was that type yeah, of thing okay. where there was like it was an administrative change. Or, like yeah. you know, this thing we've already approved for eight years. What if we don't approve it anymore? <laughs> right. What if we let a guy build an entire business based mm. on this thing that we were okay with, and then just pull the rug right out and make right. him send? What was it eighty pallets? Of unused uh, and unsold bump stocks to be melted down. What if we do that instead? So one of the worst things that I think Donald Trump did uh, in his administration was just use that executive administrative branch just to single-handedly say, nope, can't do it. Yeah, Supreme think, yeah. Court looks like they're torn usual lines, um, but there's a chance the bump stocks survive. Uh, the ban, you mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, uh, the, 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 it's weird. The case, the way the case is set up is basically uh, the question of they should have at least passed a law to do this. Yes. If you want to get rid of bump stocks, you need to pass a law to ban bump stocks. You can't just do it. And I don't know. That to me seems overtly obvious. Yes. However, I don't even think the the law, if it was passed, would be constitutional. That's that's maybe you know yeah, but, being a Second Amendment extremist or something. That's the way the Constitution and our system of government is supposed to work. You can pass a law and it's not constitutional. Go back and rewrite the law to make it constitutional if you can. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, or maybe just take the advice that it's not constitutional and don't try to do it again. But I, right. I, I, I grant right. your point that yeah. it at least would be a normalized process. Correct. 
Instead, what they did was basically say, I, I don't want these. See, administrative and, state. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it bad is what, on both sides. I don't know how to convince people that this is one of the biggest problems we have in America. Congress doesn't do their job. They, they're not required to anymore. Many of them are in there fighting to do a job. But everything is a backdoor deal that you got to rush to sign. And then it just gives more power to the agencies where the agencies can say, oh, no, you know what? We have this guideline. Why don't we write it to include this? Yeah. And and look, I get the motivation here. I mean, this is the worst mass shooting that yes. was not government involved in uh, in history. Right. And, and it was really, really a bad incident. But the emotions of that incident do not overwhelm our system of government. Right. And, you know, they... they like this is just completely unfair. They ch- they changed tens of thousands of U.S. citizens into felons overnight. So there is a there's a, another court case that the Supreme Court yesterday said they were going to take up. I think this is good news, um, and not just politically good news. The real question here is presidential immunity. Does the president is he um, immune? from a criminal trial for things that he did as president, not while president, as president. The answer to me would be yes, no trial for the, because that should have been stopped by Congress or the Supreme Court or whatever. As an official act, there should be... We shouldn't have a bunch of people putting their hands in their pockets going, well, I was just following orders. No. If it's illegal, no. Stop it. But can the president do an official act and then be held in criminal court? If that happens, you will just continue to be able to prosecute any president that's running a second term. Uh, So... And I think pretty much the line is set that while uh, president, like if you do something as president and you're currently still president, the answer to this is pretty much you, they, they can't throw you in prison while you're a president of the United States. No. That's been at least the guideline. No, but it is also a separation of if the president murdered somebody while he was president, mm-hmm. uh, he should go to prison. You know what I mean? Right. Even I though would, he I would murdered that, somebody yes. <laughs> while he was president. Right. However, right. Um, I believe the way that would play out is he would need to be impeached he first and, and, and removed then, from office. Correct. And then correct. he would be thrown in jail. I don't, I mean, at least the, it's not like a constitutional, it's not in the constitution. It's, you know, there's not, there's not a founding really right. reference towards this, but the guidelines they've used is one, you're actually operating as the chief executive. We can't take it out of that room. Well, yes. And the thing with Biden is Biden's crimes were before he was president. Mm-hmm. So, But still, like if he was, if they went to this uh, level of they found enough evidence and they decided they were going to criminally oh, convict he would have Biden, to be he would impeached. have to be impeached and removed Correct. before he, he yes. dealt with the punishment yes. of that. And when he was removed from office... He would then be able to be, uh, you know, go through the trial as as a normal person would. So here is the um, here's the the ramifications of this decision. Can Donald Trump be held now in in a criminal case 
for his acts as president? The answer has always been no. Always been no. Um, otherwise, your president, if he decides to execute military operations and somebody says that that's illegal, then it has to go to a court. It, it would be it would be very bad for the presidency. It would just completely gut our president. This goes to the trial now uh, that everybody's so excited to hear. I'll talk about that in 60 seconds first. Dog's man, best friend. And for a very, very long time, he has been man's best friend. They're pacing around the campfire at night long, long ago, looking out with protective eyes towards the possibility of danger or hopping around in joy to the point of peeing themselves when you walk through the, walk through the front door. They are special animals. I just, I just love my dog. And if you're like me, the natural response is, you want to give your dog the happiest, healthiest life he or she can possibly have. That is why I started putting on my dog's food, Rough Greens. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. You sprinkle it on the dog's food. Brown food is dead food. You want the green stuff. So if it's healthy for your dog, it's probably in Rough Greens. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident that your dog is going to love it that they have a special deal for you. So go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. They'll give you the first trial bag free. All you pay for is shipping. 833-GLEN-33. Do it now. 10 seconds. Station ID. All right. So the Supreme Court is hearing this, which would stop or at least because they're going to hear it slow down the jack smith uh trial on donald trump which is uh which is which trial oh which trial is it so this is is you've got four major ones right you've got the uh january 6th there's two of those you've got um the federal one which is the jack smith and you've got the Fonnie Willis one in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Then you have the other two, which are the New York with Alvin Bragg, and you have the documents case in Florida. Those are the four. And it's like, I don't know, Glenn, tell me if I'm wrong on this. I think Trump's in the best position he's been in since all this started right now. Oh, everybody has been saying, I don't know if I could vote for Donald Trump because he might go to jail. At this point, there's a good shot. None of this comes to anything. Especially I mean, before the election. Yeah, before the election, it won't now. Right, because if you think about the four of them individually, you have one is the Alvin Bragg, you know, Stormy Daniels thing, which everyone acknowledges is the weakest case. He's got all sorts of ridiculous, you know, laws he's bending to even bring the case in the yes. first place. It makes no sense. Everyone, even on the left, kind of blew that one off as, as frivolous. Then you have the document. And, and even if he is convicted of that... Uh, I don't know that I don't moves any votes. He won't lose any votes because right. it's just such a sham. Yeah, and plus people knew that story already, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so yeah. second is the documents case. And look, you know, there's a lot of evidence against him on that, on how he, especially how he handled it when they asked for the documents back. He fought it and, and, and potentially did not tell them the truth about it. Does he wind up getting convicted of that? It's possible, but what person you know picture the trump voter with the trump sign in their lawn and then they're just like they walk out one day and say i'm ripping this thing out of the ground that man stored documents improperly 
I just no don't way. believe that person no exists. Way. I don't know. I could no be way. wrong. I just don't care how he stored documents, frankly. The, the insurrection or stealing the election. Those are those, those could be big. Those are big. Those, those could be big. big, but think about what those two are. One of them I is know. now being delayed until April just before the the, the it could even be heard. Nothing can happen from now till April. But, April 22nd. Right. Then the Supreme after, Court hears it. But after it's heard, mm-hmm. their decision won't come out until June. June. Right. So now you're all the way to June before they can even start this thing. I mean, maybe they try to put this in August. I mean, the, the, the conventions are going on. I mean, we are deep into the election at this point. Maybe they'll still try it, but it's going to be very difficult and really you know, amps up all of the problems with trying to persecute your, you know, uh, your Opponent. enemy, your opponents even more. And then the last one is Fonnie Willis, and which is falling completely apart. falling apart. I mean, the text that came out from this lawyer who was texting Oof. the lawyers of the defense Oof. saying, yes, absolutely, this happened in, you know, 2019. And I'll tell you exactly where they met. And then he's on the church, you know, the stand saying, I don't know, I'm just speculating about that, which is not what he was doing. He was given multiple chances to correct the actual filing about this and said there was no problem with it. I mean, it's and that's just what we know so far. I mean, this is they completely lied. So to the far, court. there are three attorneys that should lose their license. Yeah, at least. Probably. At least. And, and personally, I think they should pay a very hefty fine and well, possibly. I think Fannie, uh, Fannie Willis for and her boyfriend absolutely should go to jail. They were defiant. They knew what they were doing. They didn't even have to test. She didn't even have to testify about it. But she wanted to. She uh-huh. walked on that stand with the intent of lying. And, Gone. And, and everyone I talk to is like, nothing ever happens to these people when this happens. Everyone, there's no justice. I mean, and, it, and that may be true. But I will say, this judge in particular was a member of the Federalist Society. He was appointed by a Republican. Uh, he seems to have the right approach here, at the very least. I don't know. Maybe we'll still be disappointed. But he does not. He doesn't. I don't think he's just taking this as like, oh, I can't no. wait for a f- to, to give Fonnie Willis a free pass on this. I don't think that's his approach. We will see how this turns out. I don't know for sure. But all of these things, at the very least, Trump is going to have a really good argument, even if he gets convicted in the Georgia case. If he can come out like, these people are obviously corrupt. Correct. And and, and it Correct. won't be one of those like and reflexive, reflexive defenses where you're just like, you're complaining about everything. They're going to have a really good case that this was corrupt. And the other one, if it makes it to court, is in the District of Columbia. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't know. He's even a... Pro- I, I, I mean, think he's had a great week, Donald Trump. Yeah. I think he's had a great week. I mean, he, a lot of this stuff is going to cost him money probably in the long run, but, uh, you know, and when it comes to this election, I think he's in the best position he's been in in a very long time. Once again, the media seems to be in the position of, we got him this time, we got him this time, this time we got him. Oh, crap, maybe we don't have him. <laughs> Dear Shooter, I know that you have uh, noticed the ammo prices. Ammo prices are insane. And every time you go to the range, it's like you're just setting money on fire. Um, However, you got to get better. You have to to train. You have to be handling your gun a lot. Um, If you hire a firearms instructor on top of that, oh my gosh, how much money? Getting good with guns, which is an essential part of protecting your freedom and the freedom of those that you love, 
is quickly becoming a rich man's game, and that's not unintentional. This is why you need Mantis X. It is a high-tech, easy-to-use system used widely by the military. Uh, it will help you improve your shooting really quickly. I, I played around with it for, oh, the first time, 15 minutes, maybe. And uh, I had a score, I think, of 86. I was at up at 94 within 15 minutes. Because it just tells you what you're doing wrong. You don't you dry fire or use live ammunition. Mantis X. MantisX.com. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the code Glenn and save 20 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. So I don't want to talk insider radio kind of stuff, but this is very important for you to understand. The power of your local stations, uh, it is, it's absolutely critical. Um, and a lot of damage has been done by these giant corporations owning everybody. There's no real mom and pops left anymore. Um, and I think personally that's a problem. Uh, however... The largest radio corporation is the one that I have worked for, worked for and with now since 1989 was Clear Channel. It's now iHeart Radio, um, and it's the largest broadcaster in America. the The second largest, what do they rename it to? It, it Odyssey. Yeah, Odyssey. Is it Odyssey? Yeah, it's Odyssey. I think. Right. Odyssey's one of them. I just don't know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the the J Corps, the old J Corps. Yeah. But anyway, they've changed so many yeah, times. They've changed now, so many yeah. times. We don't even. Um, but that one just was purchased by the Soros Group. Okay, second largest, um, and then the third largest looks like it may go to a Singapore group. So not even owned by America. Really, not a good thing. Brendan Carr is the FCC commissioner who I, I just am a big fan of because he actually will speak out on behalf of the American people and freedom of speech. He issued a warning a couple of uh, couple of days ago. The FCC just ordered every broadcaster to start posting a race and gender scorecard that breaks down the demographics of their workforce. Acti activists lobbied for this because they want to see businesses pressured into hiring people based on their race and gender. Uh, we welcome Brendan Carr to the program now. Hi, Brendan. So good to be back with you. Thanks for having me on. So what does this mean for the average radio station and radio group? What does this mean? Yeah, this is a pretty wild decision by the FCC. And you're right that it has to do with broadcasters, but it's also part of a more broad effort to sort of compel businesses at large, even outside the broadcaster context, to hire or not hire people. Uh, based on their race and gender. And so the FCC tried to do this many, many years ago. In fact, twice before, the FCC has sought to pressure broadcasters into hiring people based on race and gender in violation of the equal protection components of the Constitution. And the courts have struck the FCC down twice. But now here the FCC goes again for a third time. And as you noted, it's going to require every single broadcaster to publicly disclose a race and gender scorecard that lists every employee across these demographics lines. And the FCC's record 
was very clear. The one reason why activist groups and others wanted the FCC to do this is because they want to launch public pressure campaigns targeting individual stations if they don't have what the activists view as some proper uh, balance or the right number of some unspecified amount of race and, uh, and ethnicity uh, employees. And so it's deeply, deeply concerning. So what is terrifying to me is the arrogance of so many people on the left. The, 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 this whole woke thing is completely falling apart. It's falling apart like in ways yeah. I never expected. I don't know if anybody saw the opening monologue of Saturday Night Live uh, this last weekend. And the answer should be for most people, no. Um, but it was actually funny because it broke rules, the woke rules. Um, this is coming apart, and yet they're still going down this direction. Is is this a done deal? Is this going to go to the Supreme Court a, another time? Has anybody filed against it? Yeah, what's funny to me about all this, as you know, is the government is usually a little bit slow. It's a little bit behind trends. The government's yeah. not the, you know, the fastest moving entity. And so when in sort of the real world, you see the tide turning slowly against these sort of radical versions of DEI, that's the precise moment when the FCC decides to jump in and double down on that type of approach. I do hope it's appealed. There are a number of entities that have appealed this before in one. Um, and so I'm hopeful that some groups of broadcasters or otherwise will take this to court. But it's also part and parcel of a broader trend we're seeing with you know free speech in the country where the government is outsourcing censorship to uh, third parties, whether it's you know Facebook and Google. And this is the same type of pattern as well. We are trying to sort of co-opt uh, these activist organizations to force people into hiring based on, you know, race and gender. And the Constitution and the constitutional law is very clear. The government can't do indirectly that which it is prohibited from doing directly. So I do hope that somebody uh, takes this up and goes to court because it is part of these, you know, very broadly speaking, concerning trends. So last time you were on with me, I think was back in November, and we talked about how the Biden administration wants to control the internet in the name of equity. Um, I've seen the FCC uh, lean one direction or another uh, on trying to um, silence people. You know, they always try to use the FCC to go after uh, Rush Limbaugh, and it's always failed. Then it got very quiet. We didn't have any attacks, boycotts, and et cetera, et cetera, for a while now since... Uh, Rush Limbaugh died. Um, but I can't believe they've just turned their eyes away from the freedom that we have on regulated airwaves. How, uh, how is this developing? How do you feel about the future of free speech on radio? Yeah, I think you're right to notice this broader trend. I mean, when I was growing up in high school, uh, in the 1990s, you're right, there was sort of a surge of FCC activity there, whether it was, you know, censorship or political censorship. In fact, I remember uh, very famously when I was in high school, Eminem, the FCC won't let me be. And for a little while yeah. there, uh, the FCC sort of turned a corner, as you noted, in sort of the, the mid 2000s and for a while stayed out of this type of political uh, censorship type of activity. And it is concerning as to where things are going now, as you pointed out, the Biden administration is engaged in a lot of regulatory actions um, that are ultimately about increasing 
government control and then down the road, uh, increasing of censorship. And what's clear in this country as a cultural matter is we have to return to an embrace of free speech for, for a lot of reasons. But one is the, the soapbox is directly connected to the ballot box. And what I mean by that is once people start not trusting Americans with uh, the freedom to speak their minds on the soapbox, they very naturally go into, well, I also don't trust you to make your own decisions at the ballot box. And I think in some ways we're, we're starting to see that. And, and again, sort of switching back to this you know, FCC order on race and gender scorecards, the FCC claimed it wasn't doing it to pressure people. In fact, one of the lead justifications they gave for publicly disclosing this is that it said they wanted the public to be able to have the data so that they could verify the accuracy of these disclosures by broadcasters, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. What, what exactly does the federal government want the public to do to verify the race and gender uh, of employees? How exactly are they going to verify that, particularly when the FCC is adding newly um, a category of gender non-binary? But whatever that mechanism is that the FCC wants the public to verify the race and gender of uh, broadcasters, I'm, I'm not sure we should be encouraging that type of conduct. Um, so the um, I, I think this is a, a continuing trend of the story that came out today um, where the the president directed all agencies to work on a plan to register more voters, which is not the job of the State Department or the FCC or anybody else. Um, and there was a lawsuit um, to by the Government Accountability Office uh, to be able to uh, see those plans. The DOJ has just rejected um, offering those plans and turning those plans over in this uh, court case because they say it will be confusing for the American public. Who do they think they are? And who do they think we are that we'd be confused by evidence of of whatever it is you're doing good or bad yeah you know it's it's concerning this sort of paternalistic approach of not trusting the american people I mean, that's the, the fundamental component of democracy is that we have to to trust people and you know the other sort of interesting development of the last couple of days or so you know i'm sure you've been tracking was this google um ai that has been sort of widely criticized for yeah. being biased. And I think there's actually something that we should give Google credit for with this in terms of a contribution to public discourse. And that is that it has laid bare for the American people to see in the clearest terms yet, the bias and sort of partisan ideology that has been embedded in so much of the products coming out of Silicon Valley. And for years, people said, well, there's no um, conservative bias in Silicon Valley. And these Google AI chatbots uh, really make that clear. In fact, I, last weekend I went on it and I asked it to write uh, an op-ed against President Biden's signature uh, effort to control the Internet, known as net neutrality. Um, and it said it couldn't do that. And I asked it to write one in support of that exact same policy, net neutrality. And it wrote a very long, flourishing one about it. And so as things move more into this space of artificial intelligence and AI it's deeply concerning um, the, 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 the really serious partisan bias that clearly has been embedded in these algorithms. And Google came out and said, well, mea culpa, it was a mistake. It actually was not a mistake. In fact, again, hats off to them. They have an ideology and they found a way to code it deeply into these algorithms in an effective way. But we need to sort of step back and make sure that we don't have these biases embedded as these technologies start moving forward. Yeah, I tell you, the the only mistake they made was that they were discovered. 
it wasn't subtle enough. You know, they yeah, right. they're very <laughs> into changing people's minds without their fingerprints on anything. Um, Brendan, thank you so much. I appreciate everything that uh, uh, that you do and you're warning us about. I'm I'm uh, extraordinarily concerned about um, yeah. my job and uh, the the jobs of those people who do disagree with the government for the first time in my life. I think I'm I may lose my job at one point or lose my ability to speak out. That's never happened to me before. And uh, I appreciate the warning signs. Yeah, well, thanks so much for, for having me on. I think these are really important issues to track. Again, each one individually looks like it could be a one-off, whether it's these digital equity rules for the Internet or the government working with Silicon Valley to censor Americans' political speech or these race and gender scorecards. But you have to put them all together because they're not pinpricks. It's a mosaic. Yes. And at the end of the day, it's about more and more government control. And, you know, the government is colluding with these large technology companies to to carry out an effort to put more controls on more speech than we've ever seen in our history. And I think the good news is things are turning slightly. I think, you know, the the, the maximum effort of censorship happened during COVID, whenever there's, you know, government control, as yes. COVID was sort of by, by definition, um, you increase in censorship. Um, and I think it's receding, but it's also, it's kind of downstream from this extreme version of identity politics, because once you divide the world into oppressors and oppressed, then it's very easy to take all the rights away, including free speech rights uh, of the oppressor group. And there's no sort of free exchange of information and free debate. But but we've got to get back to that as a cultural matter. I will tell you, thank you very much. I, I will tell you tomorrow I'm going to be talking about what's happening in Canada. Um, Trudeau has just introduced a bill uh, that is going through Parliament now that will make hate speech life in prison. You're engaged in hate speech. You could get life in prison in Canada. You want to talk about bone chilling. Uh, they are way down this road, and we've got to turn around. Brendan Carr, FCC Commissioner, thank you so much. Tunnel to Towers is our sponsor this half hour, and out of the ashes of the 9-11 tragedy, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has risen to the channel, uh, challenge of supporting America's fallen, injured, and homeless heroes and their families, and they need your help. The Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, the Smart Home, Homeless Veteran Programs, all of these honor the sacrifices made for us by those who have risked their lives for all of us and our freedoms. And I don't mean just the, you know, military. It's also those people who are firefighters and policemen on the streets every day. They're never forget programs, engage people in 9-11 remembrance all across America. They have 80 runs. They have walks, climbs every year. Not to mention dozens of golf outings and barbecues all geared toward helping heroes that need it. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made. Would you help them? Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2 T.org. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, it is Thursday. We've got a lot on tap for you. Uh, so stand by for that. We started the hour talking about the 
just the rat bastard from Kellogg's saying people should eat more cereal. And uh, I found out during the break that Stu and I have the same favorite cereal. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize you had the same. Oh, yeah. You just... Cap'n Crunch. You, you, I have a problem with it. The whole Cap'n Crunch line is incredible. Yeah, and it's important to say Cap'n. He's not a captain. No, he's not. He's a Cap'n. Yeah, he's a Cap'n because, mm-hmm. well, there was an incident with the pillaging and... Well, we don't need to get <laughs> no, into it now. No, no. Uh, but uh, every time I have Captain Cr- Cap'n Crunch, mm-hmm. every time... I feel like somebody has taken a fork <laughs> to the roof of my mouth. I mean, I love it He's so like much. Captain Soggy. But it's so, He's Captain Crunch. Oh, no, there's like this period where, you know, when you eat it before it starts to get soggy at all, it hurts. Mm. You know, the roof of your mouth. I, maybe it's just me, but it just kills the top of my mouth. And then it gets too soggy and you don't want to eat it. So there's like this 40 second time period where you're like, Okay, it's soggy enough not to hurt, but not too soggy to eat. Right. And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been there a yeah. hundred times. Yes. Uh, I totally agree with your issue yeah. here. I, I mean, it's it's so good. It's so you'll good. put up with that. And you'll put up with it. I will rip my mouth up for it. Yeah, I will I've too. done Once it many, many times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a couple issues with Cap'n Crunch. One is the fact that they've discontinued uh, Cap'n Crunch. Uh, sprinkled donut cereal is one of the worst crimes against humanity. Because of I, like, in between eating a mean donut. and Pol Pot in there <laughs> is getting rid of the sprinkled donut cereal. Oh, for getting me. rid of it. Getting I, rid of it. It's really? it's it was so good, and they got rid of it, and I'm angry about it. The other one is just the oops all berries. I don't think it's a mistake anymore. It's been decades. If you really were making a mistake and filling boxes with berries over and over again, and I are. could I could say that's okay. But when you do it over and over again. One thing that will always be said about Stu, he is a seeker and defender of truth. I'll hold him accountable, even if it's Cap'n Crunch. Yeah. I'll even yeah. hold him accountable in a nautical court. To the To the break with him. The Glenn Beck Program. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Um, There is a big announcement coming out of Missouri today. The first interview about it happens next. You don't want to miss it. Once upon a time, my pillow was was only the only thing they made was my pillow. Yeah, yeah. But then it wasn't enough. 
Oh, we got to do more. We got to do more. Let's revolutionize the way people sleep. They started focusing on bedding. Out came the Giza Dream Sheets, which are great. I love them. They're made with soft, durable Giza cotton, which is the most comfortable cotton in the world. Um, I've had these sheets for years, and I absolutely love them. The thing I like about them is they're super, super soft, and they're not expensive. For a limited time, you can purchase a queen-size sheet for $59.98. Are you taking my man card just because I've bought sheets before? King-size set, just $10 more with the promo code BECK. These are deeply discounted right now at MyPillow.com. That's MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square. Check out this sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. When you click on my square, you will find other deals like 60% off the original My uh, Slippers, which are also fantastic. Enter the promo code BECK. It's 800-866-3117. 800-966-3117. Andrew Bailey is here. He is the Missouri Attorney General. Boy, Missouri, you've had a couple of really good Attorney Generals back-to-back. Andrew, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me on. You bet. Okay, so you're fi- you filed now against Planned Parenthood as the state of Missouri. Why? That's right. Look, an investigative report was brought to my attention from a clinic in the Kansas City area where an agent of Planned Parenthood is on video bragging about concealing abortions from children's parents, about deceiving schools and courts with forged documents, expressing a willingness to conceal a sexual offense against a minor, and then bragging about trafficking minors across state lines. And this is a consistent pattern of willful refusal on the part of Planned Parenthood to comply with state statutes. They've moved from regulatory violations to more serious statutory violations. Again, they refuse to comply with the law. They're not going to do it on their own. We are taking them to court, and we're going to fight this out as long as it takes to end Planned Parenthood in the state of Missouri. If they can't follow the law, they should not be able to operate within the borders of our state. You, do you, you think you have a real chance of ending Planned Parenthood in your state? We will do whatever is necessary to drive them from the state. Again, look back at 2018. You want to talk about my predecessors, which Josh Hawley, uh, my former law professor, happy to be and excited to be carrying on his legacy of excellence. Eric Schmidt, close personal friend. In 2018, as Attorney General, Josh Hawley launched an investigation that revealed a half decade of violations by Planned Parenthood, including physicians' failure to file reports about medical complications and that they were using, uh, one of the clinics was using a moldy abortion machine on women. They are so committed to the death and destruction of human life that they're willing to put patients' health care at risk. And then Eric Schmidt in 2020 uncovered testimony that the physicians at Planned Parenthood were refusing to provide women with a statutorily required risk notification. They Again, they don't care about the health and safety of women because they are that committed to the destruction of human life. And now in 2024, as Attorney General, we have the investigative video from Kansas City showing that they're willing to conceal sexual exploitation of young girls and conspire to traffic minors out of state for abortions without parental consent. The time has come to put a stop to this once and for all. Wow. Um, all right. You filed the... Uh uh, the case. When it, when do you expect this to be heard? Well, we filed the case today. We will go to court on this matter, and we're seeking an, an injunction to a court order to force Planned Parenthood. 
to comply with state statute. We're going to use the discovery process and the investigative tools of this office to look back in time and hold any wrongdoers accountable to include criminal penalties if the criminal code of the state of Missouri has been violated. There are statutes on the books that make it a criminal offense when you have a clinic that's a mandatory reporter to conceal a sexual offense against a minor to refuse to comply with the enumerated consent requirements and the reporting requirements for out-of-state travel for abortions. There are criminal penalties for violations of those statutes. And again, we will use every tool necessary to both force Planned Parenthood to comply with state statute in the future, but also look back in time and hold wrongdoers accountable. So how are you going to do that if they don't have records of it? I imagine they're not dumb enough to keep records of, of things like that. Uh, and even if you have people on tape saying it, they can just say, I was just saying that. I, we don't do that. Well, I'll tell you this much. It, again, it's a commitment by an agent of the clinic to willfully violate state statute. And if they're not keeping the appropriate records, which, again, that is part and parcel of their consistent pattern of behavior, if they're not keeping the records required by statute, that in and of itself constitutes a criminal offense, and we will hold them accountable. So another lawsuit that was filed maybe by you or your predecessor, um, was the loan forgiveness program uh, that you know, was going up against uh, Biden's student loan forgiveness program. At the time, I think it was $430 billion. And you, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, Arkansas, South Carolina, banded together and it was stopped, but they've just continued to do it. Now, Kansas has decided that they are going to go back to the Supreme Court and try to stop it again. Uh, will you be joining? And what do you do when you have an administration that just doesn't, it just disregards what the Supreme Court says? Yeah, you're right. This is a lawless administration. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to let Joe Biden saddle working Missouri families with Ivy League debt. As someone who paid for my college in service to our nation in the United States Army, I did mine through blood, sweat and tears to my country. And it's a privilege to get to do it. There's no such thing as debt cancellation. Someone's going to have to pay that off. And the last time Joe Biden tried this, an unconstitutional redistribution of wealth, it would have cost Missouri taxpayers, working Missouri families, $44 million. So we're not going to let it happen. We have every intention of joining our, our, our uh, other like-minded state attorneys general to include uh, the state of Kansas and fighting back. Missouri is central to the standing argument in this case, because in the state of Missouri, we have the Missouri Higher Education Loan Authority that is a creature of state statute that administers student loans and collects repayments thereof. And that is how we can demonstrate that the state is actually harmed to the tune of $44 million. So we intend to, to lead on this issue as we did, have done in the past. Um, can I ask you just uh, for your opinion on a couple of things? Um, the uh, Fonnie Willis case, where uh, she was now caught uh, lying under oath. I mean, not just fibbing, but her attorneys want, didn't want her to take the stand. She wanted to. She came on to aggressively uh, say that she was telling the truth. We now know that it is a lie. Uh, the, you know, her cohort also lied under oath in the state of Missouri. What would happen to you if, if that was the situation? She would be disbarred. There's an ethical canon, uh, a Missouri Supreme court rule that, that, uh, bars attorneys from lying. Uh, attorneys have a duty of candor towards the tribunal. And if you're violating that canon of ethics, you can be disciplined on your bar license. And would the state... Uh, fire her or uh, 
investigate her for? I mean, because if I if she was she was the prosecutor in a, a case of mine and I was sitting in prison, boy, I would I would be doing everything I could to find something that I could get off on because of this. Yeah, that's right. Look, we've had to take action here in the state of Missouri under a statute called the Writ of Quo Moranto, where we removed a Soros-backed prosecutor in the city of St. Louis. We're the first attorney general's office in the nation to successfully do that. So we absolutely in Missouri have the tools to hold wrongdoers like that accountable. That's great. Um, Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate you. Andrew Bailey, um, and good luck going after, I mean, finally, our side. And And you'll notice the news that is usually good news is coming from either the state treasurers or the state attorney generals. They're the ones that are fighting. They're the last line of defense, uh, that in the sheriffs. And you're seeing really good things coming from some states. Your attorney general, if you are uh, in an election where your state attorney general is, is open, you got to make sure they understand the Constitution and are just, you know, virulent on the Constitution and vigilant and watching uh, and making sure that your state holds everybody accountable and holds them to the Constitution. Sometimes the answer to uh, a problem you're facing in life uh, is staring you right in the face. Neither you don't notice it or you've been ignoring it. I'm one of those people that ignored it because I just didn't think it would work doesn't have to be that way the answer may be right in front of you and it was for me it's relief factor it helped me get my life back and could work for you it's a daily supplement so it's not something you take when you're in pain you take it every day it's a supplement and it helps your body fight pain by fighting inflammation a hundred percent drug free it's all natural and developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate pain Over a million people have tried Relief Factor's Quick Start Kit. 70% of them go on to order it again and again. It's Relief Factor. How can they help you? Their three-week Quick Start Kit, $19.95, comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money Back Guarantee. So give it a try. ReliefFactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Um. All right, welcome back to the uh, to the program. Big news. We're going to talk to is Dershowitz on with us next hour? No, um, we're haven't confirmed yet. Okay, um, next hour we're going to be talking about. Uh, I mean, the liberals are just melting down over what happened to the Supreme Court, where they're saying, you know, let's let's take our time on this. And here are the arguments. Should a president be held uh, criminally accountable uh, or does the president have immunity while he's acting as the president? So if he went and killed somebody or robbed a bank, he'd still could be held uh, criminally uh, for that after his his term. But if he's doing something as president, he can't be held criminally accountable. Right. I think so, that's... so in other words, if he says we're going to we're going to uh, fly these drones over and we're going to kill this guy. If people disagree with him and he could be held criminally accountable, 
then as soon as he got out of office, people could sue him and say, you killed so-and-so, and and you were wrong. I think that one's pretty clear. I don't think you you could prosecute a president for that. Um, You know, I don't think that that could happen. This, of course, the case that we're talking about isn't that. It's a case of him, you know, allegedly trying to overturn an election. And the again, you know, say what you will about that. It's a different story than than a drone attack in Yemen. But this, if he can be held criminally accountable, you've opened the door. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, this is their argument, right? He, I mean, Trump is trying to say basically he should have immunity on everything because... Yeah, I don't I don't agree with immunity on everything. You rape somebody in the Oval no, Office. Anything that has to do with the presidency, I guess. I mean, I don't... Yeah. I don't, the, the, As the president. Li- right. The line, I guess, is, is what's interesting here because this is obviously in between uh, a drone attack in Yemen that he believes is taking out a terrorist and him raping someone in the streets, right? Yeah. Like this is in between those two things. And the question is, where does that line really fall? Uh, you know, I mean, I, it's going to be, I don't expect the Supreme court to side with Trump on that, but it really, it doesn't matter. Uh, frankly, I, I, I don't, I don't expect he's going to win. However, it's going to delay this long enough that he's probably not going to deal with this case before the election. Uh, which is a massive, massive win for Donald Trump. Uh, you know, I, I, I think at the end of the day, I, I'm very skeptical that the Supreme Court is going to say, you know, yes, pretty much everything is going to give you immunity. But like, it doesn't really matter. That's not really what this is about here. The fact that Trump was able to get six month of six months of delay on this case is a win when it comes to the 2024 election. The rest of the stuff you can deal with later. But as far as the 2024 election goes, which is, of course, why, look, it might not be what Donald Trump is focused on because he's got to deal with all this craziness. But when it comes to the country and what we're focused on is the 2024 election. Uh, and as far as the 2024 election goes, you see a situation, as we mentioned earlier, that looks as optimistic as you have seen when it comes to these um, uh, legal challenges for Donald Trump. Probably the most optimistic picture we've seen since the beginning of it. Now, of course, you know. The other cases, there's lots, obviously nine-digit fees they're going after him on, and he's going to have to challenge that. He's going to be in court throughout this election, which is uh, bizarre, a bizarre, bizarre thing. But as far as him actually losing votes, where do you see them? Where where do you see them being lost on this, Glenn? Do you see? Are there people out there that are thinking to themselves, you know, I, I would really consider voting for Donald Trump, but if there is a conviction in the documents case, I'm I'm gone. No. If there's a conviction no. in the Stormy Daniels case, ah, uh, you know what, I'm I'm out of there. I, I'm I'm on the fence as to what I think about those stories. I don't think there's is a it lot of people. Criminal now. or civil is the first question, right? And a, any civil thing I think is completely brushed off. Correct. Like I don't think anyone is changing their votes based on E. Jean Carroll's you know accusations. No. If they, no. if it were true, everyone would change their votes. Correct, but no one believes they're true. Correct, and the Stormy Daniels thing uh, is just such a weak case. Yeah, not only that, it's it's never been used like this before. I mean, they they let everybody go on this, and, the, and they're trying to enforce it through. I mean, it's past the statute of limitations. They're trying to get around that statute of limitations by tying it to a federal crime, which he has no jurisdiction over. I mean, it's such. A blatant overreach on the Alvin Bragg thing Mm. that, you know, look, it's New York. Can they possibly get something on him? Yes, it's possible. New York is. But America won't 
change its mind. America won't care about that, I don't no. think. The, the documents thing, maybe I'm understating it. I definitely feel like at times I, I have less of a care about this than other people. But look, he was the president of the United States. He saw all these documents when he was in the Oval Office. The fact that he had them stored, in a, you know, uh, maybe maybe it's a, hey, don't do that again type of issue. I don't think it's a changing election mm-hmm. type of issue. Uh, you know, look, he, you know, the, some of that stuff is going to hit him. He, he's going to have a tough time, I think, legally in that case. But I just don't think it's the type of thing that moves votes. January 6th, if they found something on January 6th that made people believe he really did do the things he's accused of, I think that would move voters. Not just. I do too. I mean, people, people in the don't, middle. People don't. They're not following January 6th. They're so sick of it yep. uh, that they're not following it. They'd and have if you to would, find something dramatic. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you, people have made up their mind that that was an insurrection. Mm-hmm. Some uh, have, yeah. Yeah, some have. Um, and so, you know, you're convicted on that without the understanding, no, 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 there's a ton of new information that is coming. Uh, you know, that that's a different... That's a different story. If you can get the truth out about January 6th, that case means nothing. Nothing. Yeah, and, and look, I think if if they found something, let's say they went through evidence and they, if something came up that really changed people's perspective on this, I think you could move voters, especially voters in the middle, on an issue like that. That was a serious day, whether you like it or not. You know, whether people like think it was a good, you know, like a uh, a situation that's Donald Trump's fault or not, if they could tie it to Donald Trump, it could move people. And of course, this was their goal here. And this is the goal of the media. I mean, remember how the media presented January 6th. Let's take a quick look back. Time now is 536. Who organized and paid for the deadly insurrection at the U.S. Capitol? The deadly insurrection. Violent and deadly insurrection. The deadly insurrection. Deadly insurrection. Deadly insurrection. The deadly insurrection. Oh, the deadly insurrection. Violent, deadly insurrection. Deadly insurrection. The 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 deadly insurrection. Violent and deadly insurrection. The deadly insurrection. Violent and deadly insurrection. The deadly insurrection. Violent and deadly insurrection. Deadly insurrection. The 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 deadly insurrection on these very same grounds. That's incredible. Just like, just like when uh, we were talking about the Great Reset, mm. I thought the Great Reset was a big nothing until COVID and COVID hits and everybody's like, you know, just spontaneously, everybody on television, <laughs> a, lot are say, a lot of people are saying it's time for a Great Reset. A lot of people are saying it's time for a Great Reset. <laughs> right. And it was the same story. That shows you somebody's being fed. Tomorrow, I'm going to do the Wednesday night special. I know it's Friday, but I'm going to do it uh, on uh, on tomorrow because I was out yesterday. And I'm going to show you why that was being said, why that's so important. I'm also going to show you Christian nationalism. Why is that so important to get right? We also have Steve Baker on in about an hour. Steve is uh, a Blaze reporter. Uh, for Blaze News and investigative, and he's been working on the January 6th stuff. He's a mild-mannered, he's a sweetheart of a guy. Uh, And tomorrow, he has to turn himself in to the FBI. And they've told him that he needs to come in shorts and flip-flops 
because when he turns himself in, if he's wearing shorts and flip-flops, it'll be easier for them to put the ankle irons on and the uh, orange jumpsuit. We still don't know what he's being charged with, but it has something to do with January 6th. But he was there as a reporter. Why aren't other reporters being arrested? Or is it just that he's reporting the truth using the actual tapes, the videos, to show America what really happened? Why is the FBI after him? It's coming up. Glenn Beck. So if you're hoping that any day now the federal government is going to right the ship on the economy, I hope you packed a lunch because you're going to be waiting for a while. The unfortunate truth is not only the government is not going to right the ship economically, they're kind of trying to do the opposite. And it's up to you for to protect yourself and your family. And one of the best ways to do that, I think, is precious metals. Give Lear capital a call today call lear today ask him for their free wealth protection guide there's no obligation i'm going to try to sell you anything just say i'm not buying anything today i just want the free wealth protection guide look at that and then call lear back up if it feels like this is something i should engage in you call them back up and uh find the ways to use gold and silver especially like your 401k or ira um, to protect it with gold. So as the dollar loses value, your retirement doesn't lose value. Call 800-957-GOLD. 800-957-GOLD. Your account will be credited 250 towards purchase just because you listen to me. Lear Capital. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Save 20 bucks off Blaze TV. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program, and uh, say hello to our good friend, David Harsani. He is the uh, Federalist Senior Writer and National Review Columnist. Uh, He has just written a column for the Federalist that says, we're all just Christian nationalists now, are we all? If this is Christian nationalism, count me in. Um, as uh, As I have said on this program, do not take this charge lightly, and I don't think uh, David does, um, but don't call yourself a Christian nationalist. It does have meaning, and I'll show you on tomorrow's show why they are saying it, and this is coming from the government. Why are they doing this? Um, I'll show you. It's going to have great ramifications, but David made such a great case about this. I wanted to have him on. Hi, David. Hi there. Thanks for having me. You bet. So, Count me in. We're all Christian nationalists. Why do you say that? Well, I mean, I don't know. I should say that the way that these people I'm writing about on MSNBC describe Christian nationalism yes. is not really a thing. It's, uh, it's just what the Declaration of Independence says, and it's the core <laughs> idea of America. If you think that your rights come from the state, then you don't understand the United States. You don't understand the founding. And actually, the founding can't really work for you. And I, I think that they're actually being honest as well. I mean, I do think they believe rights come from the state and that this way they can get rid of rights they don't like, add new ones whenever they feel like it. And that that's a huge problem. Yeah, that, that's the Soviet Union. <laughs> right? 
you know, all every, the, every autocracy. Yeah. 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 Um, so um, explain nature's God and nature's law. Well, you know how people always say they're spiritual but not religious. Yeah, I'm. I guess I'm the opposite. I'm. I'm not really spiritual, but I'm definitely religious because I think religion offers incredibly uh, important ideas about the world that were, you know, even if you believe in God, you also probably probably believe that they evolved into religion because they're the right things. I do believe that. So. Um, for me, it is clear that, that man has innate rights. I'm not sure why or where they come from, but in my heart, I know it, and rationally, I know it. So the right to speak your mind, the right to practice your faith, the right to own property, all the things that are basically enshrined in the Constitution, those basic rights, which are negative rights, meaning like I'm not asking someone to do anything for me. These are just things I'm born with, I think are vital to to living a free and prosperous life. And um, a constitution's not perfect or anything like that, but it's as close as I think humans have gotten. So if you don't believe in God, you should act like you do when you talk about the law. Yeah, Does that well, make sense? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, the, uh, the idea that you're born uh, with, with rights given to you by your family's position or the mm-hmm. state they can take those rights away at any time. And we all know, wait, I, I'm an individual. This is, this is why this always happens in times of collectivism, um, because it's the group over the individual, where America was always about the individual, help the individual live a great life, you know, um, allow them to be able to uh, celebrate God in their own way, which would be their governor, their their regulator, if you will, on their passions uh, and let everybody just do their thing. And you'll be amazed at what happens. We've yeah, always known in America that's true. Yeah, I, I think people hear the word individual and they they like it computes as selfish or something like that, but it's not. I mean, the difference is an individual can go to their church, give charity to whoever they want. The collective decides who you give charity to and maybe who, where you go to church. And that is the difference. Individualism doesn't mean that you can't become part of a community and do things communally, but it does mean that, the, that you're not treated individually. I mean, for instance, democracy, everyone keeps talking about it and they never really define it, but I don't really care about democracy when it comes to rights, because I don't care that three people can tell me what to do. That's not how it works. And that's what I think, you know, just to clarify what individualism, I think, means to the person who believes in natural rights. David, have you noticed that every time the left accuses the right of something, they're doing it? (laughs) Projection, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's incredibly consistent. Um, I think we have a new national religion now in America with high priests and, you know, a confessional and everything. It's like the issue of abortion, which I think, you know, the key natural right is your right to life. Right. But uh, when the Supreme Court, you know, they were yelling about democracy forever, democracy, this, that. And when the Supreme's like courts, like, okay, you can vote on this now. Then they're like, that is, you know, you're attacking democracy now. Right. Right. To them, it's 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 so malleable. It could be anything. It could be anything they believe right now. It has no. I, I often try to ask them to define what it means, but they don't really. I mean, the left doesn't really debate anymore. They just uh, 
you know, they call you some whatever name they're calling you now. Today, it's Christian nationalist, you know, and, and that's what you are. So they don't really debate it or or define their terms, etc. So let me uh, change subjects here real quickly. Stu and I were talking about um, Donald Trump having probably a very good week uh, for him with, you know, the decision with uh, the Supreme Court yesterday and and also what's happening with Fannie uh, Willis or Fannie Willis. What are your take on those two cases? I, this is my broader view of the whole thing, is that, that Donald Trump's biggest uh, strength, or one of his biggest strengths, is that his enemies are just the worst people, usually. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I have the worst enemies. <laughs> Trust me, you've never seen enemies like this before. Nobody has. <laughs> I mean, from the start, you know, and I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the guy, truthfully, but but the people who hate him are worse than he is. So to save democracy, they're worse than he is to, you know, to, to take him off ballots. The people who are supposedly upholding Constitution and democracy and all that, you know, are worse than he is um, as the things I don't like about him. Let's say how he talks about government or maybe that he's a little bit not conservative enough for me, frankly. You know, I think one of the big secrets about Donald Trump is he's actually quite moderate on a lot of issues where mm-hmm. or, or I would say normal, like, you know, when it comes to gender or borders or things yeah. like that, um, is that his his enemies are the worst people. And a lot of people under because of the hysteria about Donald Trump, a lot of bad people, a lot of people want to make their names have gotten in in with the mob going after him and because of the hatred for him a lot of on people on the left just let you know praise all these people before actually maybe vetting them a bit so yeah i think it's a good it was a good week for donald trump um what do you think's going to happen with the fanny what do you think's going to happen with the fanny willis case i don't know i don't know how you can move forward knowing all we know right now right but i don't know i you know, here's my thing. So in New York, you have a case where you have a New York jury and or a New York judge even, or, or you have a D.C. jury or D.C. judge right. in another case. They, they're going to they're going to convict Donald Trump. They're going to find him guilty. They're going to ask him to hand over 500 million bucks because they hate him. And I don't think those are fair trials. I don't know how it's going to go in Georgia is, my, I guess, my answer. So you think she, there's a chance she keeps her job? <laughs> in any normal environment that would not be the case but i'm not sure wow i don't what do you guys think no right i I mean i i don't think she i mean how does the governor not call for if the judge doesn't uh turn on her and say these are clear lies you perjured yourself she should lose her license she should uh pay a big fine and possibly because they did it with such zeal uh, go to jail. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a more clear-cut case uh, on perjury because she did it with zeal. Uh, where I've seen people perjure themselves, Anthony Fauci, but he's not necessarily going, well, actually, he, <laughs> he did too. Um, but she just went in passionately. Her attorneys even tried to stop her. Uh, so I can't imagine why that wouldn't happen. But then again, you also have... A governor who is a conservative governor, why wouldn't he open 
I mean, if he's a rule of like, law guy, he should open a, a special investigation if nothing happens. It does seem like there are some developments in, in that world as well. It's like, again, this judge was appointed by a Republican and, you know, I, I believe was in the Federalist Society at some point. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's this is not a D.C. jury we're talking about here. This this should mm-hmm. this sh- there should be some rational thought brought into this situation. I, but again, I think <laughs> the pessimism usually wins. That's that's the end of the story. I just feel like everything's falling apart and lawless. So I don't you know, I'm scared <laughs> to say what I think is going to happen. I just want more more Fannie Willis on the stand. Oh, my yes. God. I mean, it's, it's, it was <laughs> so fun to watch, wasn't it? I mean, you yeah. know. It, I felt a little like an arsonist, except I didn't start the fire, but I was <laughs> I was just watching like that is beautiful. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that meme of girl watch, smiling, watching the house burn down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks so much, uh, David. I appreciate it. From the from okay. the Federalist, David Harsani. Back in just a minute. Let me ask you something. Are you worried about your bills? I mean, I know I am, so, I mean, I think everybody should be worried about their bills. Uh, There is no better time than right now to wipe them out and uh, help your your family have a more secure financial future. That is, if you have high credit card bills especially, I mean, I don't even know what you're paying for interest. 15, fat chance, 20, 25, all the way up to 35% interest rates right now. Well, if you have equity in your home, you can turn that into 5% interest. And all it takes is a 10-minute phone call, 800-906-2440. It's uh, AmericanFinancing.org, AmericanFinancing.org. They'll never charge any upfront fees or hidden fees. That's one of the many reasons they have almost uh, 8,000 Google reviews. I've been a fan of American financing. They've been a part of this program for a very, very long time. The question is that you need to ask yourself, could you be the next person that they help on the journey towards a more stable financial house? Don't wait around. Call them now. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. 800-906-2440. NMLS 182334. APR for the rates in the five starts at 6.275% for well-qualified buyers. Call 800-906-2440 for details about credit costs and terms. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. So yesterday... Mitch McConnell made a uh, an announcement. We have stunning it announcement. Stunning, Glenn. stunning. Cut nine. But now it's 2024. Good for you. I'm now 82. Ah. As Ecclesiastes tells us, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. So I stand before you today, Mr. President, and my colleagues to say this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate. So I'll only be 84. I'm not no, going anywhere at the end of this year. anytime soon. November. However, I'll complete my job. My colleagues have given me until we select a new leader in November and they take the helm next January. 
I'll finish the job the people of Kentucky hired me to do as well, albeit from a different seat. And I'm actually looking forward to that. Now, I don't, he didn't quite rule out that he would continue to run for Senate. He, no, but I think right? this is, yeah, this is his last term. Yeah. And so I think he has three more years on his term. Yeah, he's got a, a couple more years at least, but yeah. he, he is not, he is not going to be the leader anymore as, as of, of January. January, November, yeah. they choose right. the new leader. I mean, let's not be hasty. Let's not be hasty. Well, he said something like, you know, one of the, the key things in life, one's, the key skills in life is knowing when to move on to the life's next chapter. Wow, so he's not, he doesn't have that key. He <laughs> lost that years like, ago. Really? Like, you didn't think the key was like when you stopped talking for 45 seconds in the middle of a <laughs> sentence the first time or the second time? Yeah, um, it's, uh, but, it'd be nice though. I'm, I'm, I'm really sick of that generation running everything. Yeah, well, I will say, uh, Dan McLaughlin uh, pointed this out on, on Twitter. Nancy Pelosi turns 82, steps down from leadership. Mitch McConnell turns 82, steps down from leadership. Anthony Kennedy turns 82, leads the Supreme Court. Joe Biden asks for another four-year term starting at age 82. I, I, I don't know. And I think that's actually a, a subtle part of this, maybe not so subtle part of this. The way he framed that is a skill to know when to move on to another chapter of life is sort of a, a, a slam at Joe Biden. Like, you should know to move on to another chapter of Well, life. maybe somebody wrote that for him. I don't think he's that... Uh... I, he's a... Stra- I mean, look, you say what you want about cocaine Mitch. He, he does think about strategy quite a bit. Let me, but... let me, let me say this. Uh, we'll replace cocaine Mitch with oh, maybe Corden. One of the three Johns. You got John Barrasso, John Thune, and John Cornyn. I don't like calling him the three Johns because... John's only pay hookers when they're actually the hookers in this one. Right, that's they're true. They're the prostitutes. And the pimps, yeah, all in one. Yeah. Uh, I will say, out of those three, again, this is not. these would not be the choices I would have for Senate Majority Leader or Minority Leader, but out of those three, I think probably Barrasso's the best one. Cornyn is terrible. Cornyn should not be uh, uh, in leadership. He should not be a senator from Texas, and he should also not be a senator. He is not, uh, certainly on the Republican side of the aisle. The fact that they would put him in leadership, and of course he's going to win because he's the worst one. Of course. I would even (laughs) take Thune uh, over Cornyn, but Barrasso, I think, would be better than both of them, which means he has no chance. Cornyn's going to be the hand pick of Mitch McConnell. His voting record is terrible. Even if you compare it to Mitch McConnell, it's bad. He is terrible. Right. So so that's that's the one you're going to get. Where is a a conservative pick? Are the conservatives going to run anybody? Yeah, will there be somebody who steps up and at least gives it a shot? I hope so. I hope so. But I am not optimistic, as you might expect. Replacing Mitch with John Cornyn. Oof. I mean, even the flag, it, the Lone Star flag says, I got to remove a star. I got to <laughs> remove a star. All right, back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program.
Welcome to the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This should uh, speak volumes to you. There's a new poll out. It shows that the border is the number one problem. Now, you would think the economy would be number two, taking a poll of average Americans. You know what number two is? Something I don't think I've ever seen before in a poll. Government. Number one is the border. Number two is government. I don't even know what that entails. I know what that means to me. Uh, And number three is the economy. And government is a problem. They are interfering everywhere. And uh, now we have Steve Baker, our investigative journalist with the uh, Blaze Media. He has been covering January 6th and doing research on this since January 6th. Uh, He's been working as a journalist on this. The FBI has issued a uh, warrant for him to turn himself in tomorrow We don't know what the charges are. No idea. Wait until you hear what they suggested he wear to turn himself in. I I don't know about you, but I would be vomiting blood the night before that I was turning myself in. Steve is with us. We'll see how he feels and get the whole story in 60 seconds. First, here's some irony for you. You know what kind of scams are on the rise these days? IRS scams. Now... I, you know, at first I thought, well, of course, it's the IRS. They're scamming everybody all the time. No, it means that people are stealing identities and then stealing your IRS checks. And then you lose it to them and you still have to pay the IRS. Wouldn't that be great? You need LifeLock. Your personal information is exposed so often, it's dangerously easy for a cyber criminal to steal your identity. That's why you have to understand cybercrime and identity theft. It affects you all the time, and if it hasn't yet, it will. It's easy to protect yourself with LifeLock by Norton. All you have to do is join. Save 25% right now off your first year with the promo code BECK. 800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25% at lifelock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. Steve, been praying for you this week. Uh, I know many members of the audience are doing the same. This is crazy what's about to happen to you tomorrow. Yeah, I've always been more worried about my unpaid parking tickets from college. You yeah, know? yeah. You are a you're a nice, gentle, regular guy, and do you even know what the charges are? No, they haven't told us yet. Uh, back, Is that usual? Uh, no, back uh, two and a half years ago, when they initially uh, threatened me uh, and said that I would be arrested within the week in November of twenty one, they actually told my attorney at the time what the charges were going to be then. But because I'm a little outspoken and vocal about what's happening with me uh we were we were told at the time by an assistant u.s attorney that a judge would not be happy with me you know going out to the press in the manner that i've done so i just 
intensified that and accelerated that and 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 lit that candle brighter uh yeah i know i see the look on your face i see the look on your face what right is it for them to say we're coming after you and then when you say hey by the way everybody they're saying they're coming after me they haven't said why they're coming after me this is all i've done why would why would you be in trouble for defending yourself in the public square because once they arrest you well, now you've been arrested by the FBI. It's a really bad thing, even if you're innocent. Well, two years ago, the U.S. attorney said to my my attorney that a judge will not look favorably upon this, to which my attorney responded, are you saying that my client should forego his First Amendment right under the threat of persecution from the federal government? And she said, oh, no, we're not really saying that. We just, you know, just, oh. we, it's just we're concerned that, you know, for him oh, and his status. they're concerned I, no, I, for you. I, I, I kid you not. Now, fast forward two years under the current threat, and they won't tell me the charges this time, literally, quote, unquote, from the U.S. attorney, because he'll tweet it out. Well, what? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah. Technically, the charges are under seal until you're actually arrested. So they are technically not in violation of any law. Right. But so tomorrow morning at seven o'clock when I arrive at the FBI field office here in Dallas, I will learn what my charges are. And what is it that you are supposed to dress how are they? What what did they advice did they give you on that? They notified my attorney that I needed to arrive in shorts, a t shirt, and flip flops. And why is that? It's easier to change into the orange jumpsuit and leg chains. <laughs> and 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 um, is that something that? everybody does do they when they bust down somebody's door do they say hey change into a t-shirt and some flip-flops <laughs> i don't think that when they bust in your door you get a you yeah. get that opportunity they, or that choice when they invite people to turn themselves in i i've never seen people turn themselves in you know this is exactly what they did to the independent journalist stephen horn from raleigh north carolina coincidentally where i live and when they arrested him and they brought him in. They did exactly the same thing. They put him in an orange jumpsuit, put leg chains on him, and made him march before the magistrate in leg chains on misdemeanor offenses. That's one of the interesting parts here because you don't know, as you point out, what you're being charged with. But you do know that they are misdemeanors, right? That is what they have told my attorney. So uh, why on earth would you need to be in leg chains and I mean, we, we we have prosecutors all over the country that won't charge people who've like sexually assaulted individuals with crimes and they won't hold them and they release the next day and they're going to put you in leg chains for misdemeanors. Well, let's let's start with the bigger question and we'll work our way to that specific uh, answer is this is the first time in history since January 6th that the FBI is even involving themselves in misdemeanor offenses and with misdemeanor defendants. And swatting misdemeanor defendants with sometimes 15, 20, 25 agents swatting misdemeanor. No, they, the FBI has never done that in their history until ordered to do so by Merrick Garland's DOJ mm. after January 6th. So fast forward to this. Why are they doing that? Why are they requiring me? My, my attorney 
told me when he told me that this was what they were going to have me, uh, you know, requesting that I arrive dressed in flip flops and shorts. Uh, I said, why are they doing this to me? He said, you know why? He said, you've been poking them in the eye for three years. This is retribution. This is Mm. evil. It's just evil. When when you have a government, I mean, I don't know if you saw the story today from California, but there was a judge in California said you can't arrest just people on the right when Antifa was there and they were being violent, beating up these people. Mm-hmm. You arrest the people they were beating up and you don't arrest Antifa. That doesn't make any sense at all. Um, when a when a when a United States government can come after individuals. And, you know, we've been saying this from the beginning. If they'll do this to Trump, you don't think they'll do it to you? Well, the selective prosecution is exactly what's happening right here. We have uh, over 60, we have documented over 60 journalists that entered through those doors or broken windows that day. The fifth person through the broken window that day was a New York Times reporter. Uh, the New Yorker reporter, Luke Mogelson, went through the broken window, and he paralleled another independent photojournalist. They they went through the same window, paralleled. The other journalist, he had spent uh, a lot of time working on the uh, Latinos for Trump uh, campaign. Well, even though he didn't parade, he didn't um, do any protesting, he did no chanting, anything of the sort, and was contracted at the time as a video photojournalist for a TV station in Mobile, Alabama. Even though that was the groundwork laid, four misdemeanors swatted by over 20 agents at his home with red dots on his wife, his children, and of course, obviously himself at 6.30 in the morning. And then he was convicted. He said, I'm going to go to trial on this. He said, Luke Mogelson from the New Yorker. We went through the same window at the same time. And he hasn't been charged. I'm going to go stand before a judge. He did a bench trial. He was convicted on all four misdemeanors. And because he went to trial and he wasted the government's time and resources and not taking the plea deal that he was offered, uh, the, the judge put him in prison for eight months, sentenced him to eight months. They put him in a medium security facility in uh, um, uh, Georgia, where after spending the first two months in solitary confinement, and gets out into the general population, he learns from all the other prisoners that they never put misdemeanor defendants in that prison. All of the other guys were, actually, they distrusted him. They thought he was some sort of plant, you know, inside the prison. They're like, people don't come here for misdemeanors. We're, you know, this is what we do for a living. We're pros. We go to prison. You know, we commit crimes and go to prison for a living. You're not supposed to be here. He goes, well, you are if you're a J6 defendant. So, mentally, how are you? I have my moments. Um, I'm okay. I, you know, I've had I've had over two years to prepare for this. I've game planned it all out in my head. Um, I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm not even going to try. Uh, it's, it it is my way anyway, and so I'm just going to you know prepare, pray, and uh, and then I'm going to put on my suit and tie. Good for you. And walk in with my head up. Good for you. Good for you. Um, more in just a minute with Steve Baker. He's an investigative journalist, a Blaze Media correspondent. Uh, he has been, he's the guy who worked with Congress to expose 
the video that was being held back. Um, and for this, he is being arrested and arraigned tomorrow in what city? Uh, here in Dallas. Here in Dallas. Will it happen? Will the trial happen here in Texas? No. Uh, we will certainly be filing a motion for change of venue out of D.C., but none of those have been granted yet on J6 Jeez. cases. Because they know they can't win right. anyplace else. All right. More in just a second. Realestateagentsitrust.com. When it uh, comes to you know selling your home or uh, buying a new one, you need somebody who really knows what they're doing, has a big Rolodex. I don't know why they would have a Rolodex still, but uh, you know has a, has a lot of names in their contacts and can help you with home repairs, uh, you know, with the person that does the inspection to, get, to really get the job done right and make it easy for you. Somebody who has contractors that are not going to cut corners um, this, this is just one of the things that we look for when we're looking for a competent agent for you to recommend to you. We look for somebody who really knows how to get the job done, already has assembled a team because they've been in the business for a long time. They know which photographer is the best for your home. My company is dedicated 100% to pair you with the real estate agent that you can trust to get the job done. So whether you're buying, selling, or you just have questions, we've been helping this audience for 10 years now and billions in sales. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. It is. It's a. It's amazing to me, Steve, um, that I'm doing an interview with a man that I know is innocent, who I know is a journalist, who I know just did the job of being a journalist. And tomorrow might be your first day going to jail and then prison. You know, I'll correct you on one thing. There's 60 of us that are guilty. Uh, we, we are guilty of crossing a restricted line. And that is common for law enforcement to allow the press to come inside the police line. I was going to, to document the public interest. Correct. There is no license. There is no credential. There is no press pass on the, the planet and you are in the United States of America local, state, or federal, that allows any journalist to cross a restricted line. But over 60 did, and only those whose voice is more on the right side of the political spectrum are being prosecuted. No one from the left. So what is your, I mean, if you care to share it, what's your game plan? I think that the first thing we have to do is find out who our judge is. Um, that's the most important aspect, uh, and it's the first major piece of the puzzle uh, because the, the judges in the, the J6 lottery, are, are <laughs> they come in all, all shapes and sizes mm -hmm. and intensities. So it'll depend upon whether we get a hanging judge or we get one of the more reasonable common sense. Let's say you judges. get a hanging judge and they offer you a deal. 
that'll that'll be very tempting if it's one of the hanging judges to take the deal because we already know what the threat of not taking the deal is is that would be a superseding indictment that would include a felony because they're going to punish you they don't want to work they're government employees they don't want to do a trial <laughs> what kind of what, what kind of felony what would they come up with as uh, a felony? It, it could be the one that's currently before the supreme court the 1512 obstruction of official uh, official proceeding uh they could uh dig di- well first of all show me the man and show you the crime that yeah, they can no. come yeah. up with anything. So right. they 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 could go back years and years uh, on tax records. They could they could do anything. So it's it's not a matter of what could it possibly be that I did that day. It, it's going to be something else. But that is the punishment, and it is the threat. And they have used it in other January six cases. Jeez, I know you've done a lot of work, Steve, going back on your, when you're doing your reporting and looking through all these videos and you've been able to isolate a bunch of really interesting things that mm-hmm. no one knew about that exonerate exonerate a lot of people uh, and take down the police and you know whoever they were FBI agents or whoever they were and there's more coming as a matter of fact I just heard from a senior congressional aide this morning that there will be a very significant release tomorrow That's all he gave me permission to say that I could say on the air today. And some of that has to do and it intersects with my work. Wow. Hmm. My question, though, was, do we see video of you? Because will we find will we see this? Because I think they want to paint this idea that you were not a journalist at this at this event. And and I think it would be pretty clear, as you said, there's cameras everywhere. All this is you've got to be on camera all over the place. Were you doing something different than the New York Times reporters who were there? I am happy to say that myself and the Blaze team back in December, we harvested a day in the life of me. Ah. Capital CCTV cameras. And we will be showing that. Mm. Excellent. Every second of me inside the Capitol doing my job, never participating in any parading, milling around, you know, or, or as they say, uh, um, uh, you know, picketing, um, protesting, never chanting, none of that. We have it all on film. That's fantastic. Incredible. Now, now, if you have a hanging judge, will that judge allow that to be? I mean, the fact that these cases have not been overturned, the minute we started seeing video where you're like, wait a minute, that makes that guy innocent. Yeah. And they didn't allow the attorney to have that or see that or use that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the fact that those haven't been overturned yet is a real crime, a real crime. And we're continuing to work on that process. I will tell you that there is ever more evidence of the insane corruption at the top of the Capitol Police, which is which is holding back these yeah. final uh, series of documents that we need to bring justice in that those particular cases that you're referring to. Uh, they are more powerful than Congress itself. I never believed that. I had Capitol Police officers, my sources, unnamed and, and known, that have told me over and over and over again, you do not understand how powerful the Capitol Police are. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, okay. You know, right. You know, okay, right, right. And then I, I talk with Speaker Johnson, and Speaker Johnson tells me, to you know, his lips to my ears, that he says, I have 100% authority over the the distribution of those videos. I can I can either let them out or not. It's, it's, all, it's all on me. 
And then all of a sudden they stop. There's not been anything released in weeks. And suddenly it stops. Get back with my sources. They said, I told you it's the Capitol Police. Why is the Capitol Police so powerful? They know where all the bodies are buried. They know who buried them. They know who's sleeping with who. They know everything. Jeez. And they are the they are the personal security guards of Congress. It's That's why they're so powerful. It's amazing that uh, it was said that this is Nancy Pelosi's police force. The speaker has control. Mm-hmm. Well, she might have. But according to you, Johnson doesn't. There's somebody more powerful than him. Uh, all right. Best of luck. We'll keep you in your prayer uh, in in our prayers, and uh, please, please stay in touch and tell us how we can help. Well, we're not going to stop working, so Good. I'll tell you that. Thank you. And we'll try to get you a flip flop sponsorship. So yeah. you, can we do that? Yeah, yeah we're going to work yeah, on yeah. that for you. You need an orange <laughs> jumpsuit to make it even easier for the feds. Call this number. Glenn Beck. The day may come when you and your family have to defend yourself, uh, and it may come that you need lethal force. That happens. It's your right as an American to defend yourself, and if you feel threatened, life-threatened, you, you have a right to defend yourself in a lethal way. I'm one of the most pro-Second Amendment uh, people you'll meet. That being said, not every emergency situation you're going to come across necessarily calls for killing someone. That's my biggest fear. You pull a gun, you better be able to kill. And if you're wrong, you're in real trouble. You're in real trouble. For those situations, there's a Berna launcher. Berna, B-Y-R-N-A. Berna launcher. It looks just like a gun, but it is less than lethal. It's what the cops are. They're starting to replace all of their tasers with Berna launchers because they're just much better. You can be within 60 feet and incapacitate somebody for 40 minutes. That's enough time to get your family to safety. Berna, B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Glenn. Berna dot com slash Glenn. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. You can get access to Steve Baker's reporting and so much more. Use the promo code Glenn and save 20 bucks off Blaze TV. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We, uh, we were just talking to one of our investigative reporters. This, by the way, he does this work and we can assemble it. When you do investigative work, it's not usually just one guy. It is a team. And then you have to go and vet every single thing that they come back with. Some independent person on our staff has to go through it line by line, make sure, got to go through attorneys, everything else. I mean, we are very buttoned up and um this is why your subscription to the blaze is so important to us um you know now he's going possibly to prison he's turning himself in they're going to put him in leg irons tomorrow and an orange jumpsuit and march him in front of a uh, a judge i mean this is a journalist. This is a journalist. He is the guy who has gotten a lot of the tape out and was, was the guy who was really putting the pieces together before anybody else was putting them together. And, uh, 
and that's why they're after him. And I don't think it's a I don't think it's a uh, a coincidence that it's the Blaze. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's lots of people that have reported on this. Why is the Blaze reporter the one? I think that's it's true, and it's one of the reasons why uh, I've been really clear about this that Joe Biden deserves to be uh, reelected, and Bidenomics is working. That. I am. Right. You know, it, it really is. So is. People it's, keep complaining about it, but they're they should wrong. Eat cereal and yeah, just have cereal at yeah, night. Cereal. You know, and there's I, so that, many good choices. Man, that Inflation Reduction <laughs> Act has really worked. It's amazing. Uh, I mean, here's a guy, especially in the context of what's going on in the world today, where we have people who are lighting buildings on fire, who are raping uh, are children, raping children, or doing all sorts of terrible things, and being let off almost immediately. Who are being uh, led off into the street. Illegal immigrants are going around and being arrested 15, 16, 17 times, released into the streets, and then committing murders. And we're going to have Steve Baker in leg irons? I mean, this and is not incomprehensible. A single journalist will lift yeah, a finger. That's a great point. Those, uh, excuse my language, no. <laughs> but those sons of bitches that are going to do that, that it, they are... It's true. Reprehensible. Reprehensible. They won't lift a finger when every time, every time in my career, a journalist has come under persecution and their First Amendment right has been infringed on or even attempted to be infringed on. I stood with them. Yeah, you've been very clear on that over your entire career. And I think not one of them will care. It's fascinating, too, because look you can go down the line here. If we, Steve Baker mentioned, we may be seeing some of this video of him a day in the life of Steve Baker on January 6th. If we see that and Steve takes a flagpole and knocks it over the head of a police officer, I'm uh, done. I'm 100% done. I love, you know, Steve's great, but you know, look, if he commits a crime, he commits a crime and he should be in trouble for that. If what we see in the video is him uh, being a journalist uh, I, I, you're right. Every journalist should be on in his side on this. And like, you can even find a line probably if you're, you're at the New York times, of course, where there were people who New York who, times went through the window. Steve went through the door. Right. No, believe me. I, I, I'm not making this as a case, uh, in comparison even here, I, but I, but like, I actually believe a New York times journalist in the middle of that situation should be allowed in the Capitol should not be charged with a crime. I don't think he, just like Steve Baker, I don't think they should. We should be able to see what was going on in an event like that. I'm glad we have the video of it. Um, But like, you know, you could maybe make an argument that there were some people there that like, you know, are social media personalities who were, I don't know, taking video of stuff that, and they weren't really being journalists, right? Maybe you could argue that with some of them. To me, again, I think the line is pretty clear when you talk about vandalism or certainly assault on an officer or whatever. There are pretty bright lines there. Uh, But like everything I've heard about what Steve did that day and also we're going to see in this video, I believe, is see Baker documenting what, what was going on in the Capitol. As he mentioned, not participating. If, if the video proves otherwise, we will call it out. But like a guy who's been a journalist for a long time, he's been doing this work for a long time. Uh, he's currently now working with a major conservative media organization talking about this stuff. 
It is absolutely unbelievable that there isn't just basic support from the journalist community. Now, it's unbelievable in a normal context. In this context, yeah. in this world, I, uh, it's of exactly so. what I would expect. Yeah. But in reality, it should be a situation where people on the left are out there saying this is crazy. ACLU should be all over this. Yeah. And they won't be. No. They won't be. I don't think we'll see anything like that. Nope. And that is, uh, that's, I mean, beyond wrong. You know, again, these are supposed to be principles you care about. And occasionally you, you think maybe there is some crossover. As you point out, Glenn, many times you have supported left-wing journalists who have been targeted by administrations. And, and for doing things that I don't approve no. of. No. I don't, don't, doesn't help my side. Nope. But it doesn't matter. We, our side is supposed to be the Constitution and Bill of Rights. That, that's what it should be. You don't put uh, journalists in jail. You know who that makes you? Putin. You know who else that <laughs> makes you? Uh, Zelensky from Ukraine. That's who that makes you. That makes you Hugo Chavez. It makes you Stalin. It makes you every dictator ever in history. Not America. Boy, I tell you, there is a there's a reckoning that is coming, just like there was with Woodrow Wilson. There's a reckoning coming. He was doing the same thing. The Alien and Sedition Act, where he was putting journalists in jail. He put a priest in jail because he decreed that you couldn't speak German in America at any time. This priest is giving last rites to a guy who I think may have had a heart attack in the middle of the street. And the guy was German. And the priest could speak German. And he gives him last rites in the speech in the street in German. He went to prison. That's Woodrow Wilson's world. We're living in it now. And if we can escape this time, like we did last time, we're going to be very fortunate. And they, these people will be remembered as the worst of the worst. You're not on the winning side. You're putting journalists in jail. You're not on the winning side. Back in just a second. Let me talk to you about my Patriot supply. Things might look bad, but, uh, you know, at least we don't have to worry about a nuclear Okay, no. All right, now. Okay, things look bad right now, and we <laughs> kind of do have to worry about that. Did you see that Putin released yesterday the things that would cause a nuclear war that would launch? Uh, any NATO uh, country that is uh, crosses their border, any time that they are up against troops that they can't handle, they're overwhelmed by. Nuclear. I mean, it's it's a lot, lot lower threshold than we have. Mm. Uh, just to just throw that in for you. Hopefully, saner you know people will reign. <laughs> anyway, there are sixteen food and drink varieties that are in your My Patriot Supply uh, bucket. Uh, you, we're not going to get bored with selection. The meals contain over two thousand calories a day. So it'll get you through in emergency, in an emergency situation. 
They're sealed in incredibly durable packaging. They last up to 25 years. And you can stock up on all the food kits your family needs right now at MyPatriotSupply.com. Get a four-week food kit right now for $60 off. You'll get free shipping. You can protect yourself, protect your family. Start preparing now at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Get even more, Glenn. Subscribe to the Glenn Beck Podcast anywhere podcasts are found. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Tomorrow I'm going to bring you another update from Canada. Uh, this time it is really disturbing. I mean, not not that last one wasn't disturbing. The last update from Canada was, hey, mentally handicapped people, they can get medical suicide uh, as well. I mean, we want to include everybody. Wow. So now you can liquidate in Canada the the mentally handicapped or the handicapped just because they're handicapped. Oh, that's that's no, that's a that's progress for you. Well, here's Justin Trudeau. Um, making a, a new law. Now, it's in Parliament, so it hasn't passed yet. It's Bill C-63. It's the Online Harms Act. Ooh. And, uh, you know, it has, you know, uncontroversial things like, you know, tackling child pornography online, blah, blah, blah. Uh, however, it has hate speech rules as well Uh, the government will define hate speech and according to the trudeau government the bill would quote create stronger online protection for children better safeguard everyone in canada from online hate and other types of harmful uh, content Um, so what they're going to do is um, they're establishing a a brand new legal and legislative regulatory framework. Uh, They're going to create a new digital safety czar and a definition of hatred is going to be put into the criminal code. So when somebody sees something that is hateful or hate propaganda offenses, they're, they're establishing with this a standalone hate crime offense and creating an additional set of remedies for online hate speech. Now, I don't like hate speech, but online hate speech, whew, now it's really bad. So um, if you uh, express detestation, or vilification of an individual or group of individuals on the basis of a prohibited ground of discrimination, and that given the content which is communicated is likely to foment uh, more vilification of an individual or a group of individuals on the basis of such prohibited ground, you can face, are you ready? Life in prison. For digital hate speech, life 
in prison. Okay. All right. I mean, if you're found guilty, you have, uh, you'll have uh, $90,000. I think this is maybe the first time you express something like, I don't like Justin Trudeau. $90,000, 70000 will go to the government and 20% to the victims or a group that really cares about those victims, okay? Um, and then you also could get life. Life. Trudeau suggested the criticism of C-63 and the notion that it's, uh, uh, it's basically censorship uh, he said that's just misinformation from the right, which I would imagine will be another crime <laughs> at some point. That's crazy. <laughs> it really is incredible. I mean, Canada has been doing some of this stuff for a while now. They've been, you know, there's been famous cases where they've targeted individuals. I mean, Jordan Peterson being one of them uh, for quote unquote hate speech. And forcing him to go into a re-education program. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. You know, the the whole, you think, I don't know, maybe it's American culture. And I think one of the great things about America is that when you have sort of a popular uprising of sorts, things tend to change a little more often. But like the trucker thing in Canada didn't change anything there. It made it worse. It made, made them crack down even harder. And, you know, they don't want that type of pushback in their country. And they're going to do everything they can to stop it. Luckily, we do have protections that other nations they do don't. not. But they're fading. Fading quickly, as we just talked about with Steve Baker just moments ago. Uh, that the same protection that should... There's an amendment that covers a lot of this stuff. And it's supposed to protect you against these types of actions from the government. It's fundamentally what it's supposed to do. You know, it's not supposed to mean, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, let this I should be allowed to do X, Y, and Z. And, and people love to stretch what the First Amendment does. But what it really is supposed to do is protect you from the government, expressing a lot of times anti-government ideas. Thomas Jefferson said the biggest threat to the Constitution is a government that doesn't enforce the Constitution. Basically, what we're doing right now, if the government doesn't enforce it, then you don't have a country. You don't have a country. You, have something, you don't have America. You have something else. You can call it America, but it's not the United States of America anymore. Please pray for Steve uh, going into possibly prison, uh, but definitely jail tomorrow. Uh, we don't know what the charges are, but we will keep you up to speed on that, probably in the show tomorrow, uh, bring you up to speed on, on what's happening. Um, this, again, is why we really ask you to join Blaze TV. Um, our back is going to be pushed up against the wall, and all of us are going to be called on to stand. And uh, we sure would like your support as they start uh, to come after people like us. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save. Join us at BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code Glenn. All right. Podcast's going to happen today. 
Uh, we'll tell you about it tomorrow. Comes out this afternoon. The Glenn Beck Program.